Hi, this is Hugh Greenwood from the North Melbourne Footy Club, and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. Here is your host, Dean Basich. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on X at hashtag Kangas, Instagram hashtag Kangaroos Podcast, TikTok hashtag Kangaroos One. So tonight I'm joined by regular Monday host, uh, guest I should say, in Claire Cozzy to go through a little bit of the Bulldogs game. Um, the game was over fairly quick on the weekend, so we mainly previewed the Melbourne game. Uh, we came up with uh, ways on possibly how we can play, uh, how we can beat them. I mean, not that we're experts or coaches or anything like that, but um, yeah, look, we just went through and previewed mainly that game because it is a finals. Um, the Bulldogs game was over fairly quickly. We talked a little bit about Erica O'Shea's first goal, how she, she was used forward and so forth. Uh, let's not waste any more of your valuable time, and let's bring on Claire to talk about it. Claire Cozzy, welcome back to the show once again. Regular season finished on Saturday, Claire. All done and dusted. Very yeah. quick uh, regular season. Uh, the result was never in doubt after quarter time, but no injuries to, to report, although Mia King was a late withdrawal with soreness. Uh, how did you see the game? Yeah, pretty, um, pretty emphatic win by the group. I think it really solidified... Um, a lot of what we knew um, going in, uh, very strong outfit. Um, fantastic to see Brezhnehan come in, um, had disp- 10 disposals along the half-back, did some um, pretty good things. So I think her confidence is ready to go. And I, I was surprised that they, they pulled her back. I thought, like, as in, sorry, that she was selected. But I think it, that's a really good freshener game um, before we get stuck into Melbourne next week. So I was pretty stoked with that. Um, I think Ghana's all but sealed the AFLW Best and Fairest Award with you know, 30-odd touches and, and two goals and some great marks. I think she had eight tackles. Riddell, again, had a fantastic game. Carney did some good stuff. Um, it was great to see our, our tools make a pretty big impact. So, um, got everything we wanted. It was really good to see Tripodi get some time as well. It's something that I, I thought was really helpful. Look, Mia King just slots straight back in. Um, and obviously, we'll talk about selection later on. But it was good to see Tripodi have a run. Um, there was some really good passages of play. I think that, that they connected really well. I think it was really exciting to watch Erica Roche kick her first goal. I thought that was really um, a highlight of the game. That was really nice to watch. And, yeah, it just seemed like there was some good energy. And I think the girls have a bit of confidence after losing two on the trot, and especially that really tough one against Adelaide. I think building confidence and knowing that your, your systems are ready to go uh, for finals was probably the best part that we could get out of the game. How did you see it? Because you were at the ground level. What Was there any positives, I guess, that you got from it? Yeah, I mean, we had did what we had to do. Uh, it was a very swirly win at Wittenover, which made it tough, especially having shots at goal. I think we kicked seven goals, 13 in the end. Uh, but the positives were 15 marks inside 50, again, in difficult conditions. I feel like our forward half pressure has been at the end the last couple of weeks. And we go into a uh, into the qualifying final in good nick, no injuries and some selection headaches in a good way, like you said, Claire. So, yeah, no, a lot to like, Claire. So that's the most important thing. And we go into good form and no injuries, and that's what you can ask, really, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I look, I wasn't expecting to play the D's. I'm a bit shocked. No. I sort of in my head, I'd penned in Adelaide, and I sort of already thought about the away trip and and how that would look, but. 
yeah, D's on, on a Sunday afternoon. Weird, weird time slots. We could that's a whole other separate issue. The fact that they're scheduled for a three PM time slot at, on a Sunday is very strange. But um how are you feeling about the D's versus Adelaide? Is there one that you wanted to play more than the other or how how are you feeling about that fixture next week? Uh, if it was at Casey Fields, I probably would have rather the Crows, but because it's an icon, uh, it's a bit more of a level playing field. And they do have a few injury concerns. And there was, um, yeah, there was, a, there was a, a few little four, uh, the Brisbane Lions on, on yeah. Sunday. They exposed a bit in a few areas which uh, take into the game. So it doesn't really bother me because I, th- I still maintain that at our best, I, I think we can beat anyone. Yeah. And yeah. So it doesn't really bother me who we played. And yeah. yeah no, I'm happy from a selfish reason as well that I can get to go to the yeah. game as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I agree with you, though. I would have rather played anyone than have to play at Casey Fields. That, that place is an absolute shithole. Sorry for my language, but it's just. No. It is one of the worst possible places that AFL league football has ever played at. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with with that Icon Park. I, I agree. I think it takes away all the sort of advantage that that Melbourne have. I think it's quite a neutral ground. Uh, I think it's good for our team to to stay in Melbourne, and I guess maybe be a bit more familiar with the creature comforts of, of staying in your home state and you know doing a captain's run on Icon. It's a a um a ground that they're familiar with. So I think that's played into an advantage as well. So pretty happy. And like you said, I'm, I'm pretty happy that we get to go to the game as well and support the girls from the sidelines. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be juicy. This game, it's going to be very, very, so if there's ever a time to beat the Melbourne football club, I think this week is it, Dean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. I think, yeah, I think yeah. now's the time. Yeah. I mean, they got Paxman who's under a little bit of an injury cloud with the hamstring. Um, she was a very, very late withdrawal on uh, Saturday night. She was actually on the bench, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I thought she actually got a concussion or something because they did. No, I didn't hear it properly, but someone did get a concussion, but it wasn't her. So yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. So hopefully, um, yeah, she she if she does go into the game, she's not a hundred percent. So mm-hmm. that'll be that'll be good. Uh, you mentioned Jazz Garner before. <laughs> now I think the only way Jemin doesn't get the ACWs <laughs> BNF. Is if uh, Ash Riddell takes votes off her. He's had an outstanding year, averaging 31.6 possessions per game. Yeah. Ash Riddell. Um, Jazz Garner is averaging 29.9 possessions per game, 6.9 tackles, seven clearances, 554 metres gained per game, which is quite ridiculous, Claire. Mm, it's it's insane. I listened to your um, AFW interview with, with Ash throughout the week, and, and she obviously has just got more and more kind of competitive. And, you know, she spoke about not wanting to be a one-dimensional player, you know, working on her inside game and then working on her outside game and getting a little bit of bang for buck with her kicking and, and making sure she's lowering the eyes when she goes into forward 50 entries. And she's, you know, Ash has become, I think, this season particularly the complete player that, that you know, I, if I'm claiming to fame, that I knew that she could be back in the Diamond Creek days. But, um, <laughs> no, nah, she's she stepped it up. And I think, again, I speak about it quite a lot is, if you play with such a high standard and you train with such a high standard of Carney, you know, Garner, Bruton, Mia King, setting the bar of what it what it has to be in that midfield, that I think by osmosis you're, you're only going to get better. So, you know, and you can see 
people like Eric O'Shea even getting better. Taylor Gapp, I think, has really um, gone from strength to strength this season. So, yeah, it's just it's been amazing to watch Ash. And, and you're right, she might still vote for offer, which, you know, like I said, is, is simultaneously really amazing because it, it gets us into finals and puts us in a strong position. But it would be pretty gutting to watch Jasmine Garner miss out on an AFW award when we know that she just deserves one so badly. I I don't know. It would be really fascinating. She comes off as quite a humble person and I wonder whether she kind of cares about it. I wonder whether Jasmine actually cares whether or not she gets I, I imagine for most players that their biggest goal is to win the flag and, you know, anything else becomes secondary. But, yeah, I just I really hope she wins it this year. I think Mon Conti had a pretty strong finish yesterday. I watched um, the Tigers and the Collingwood game live and, and she put on a pretty big display. But I think she's had a couple of quiet games and I don't think Richmond have played that well for her to kind of be noticed um, as, as she was the year before. So fingers crossed it's going to be a pretty pretty big dubious call if they, uh, if they snub her again. I don't know, do we... Do we just um, storm the AFL house or what? What's our contingency plan here? <laughs> yeah, uh, not too sure. That's uh, is it uh, Rowbottom uh, from uh, Gold Coast? She's she's had a really good year as well. She could be probably the one that um, if I had to put money on, because uh, mm. yeah, she's been starring and there's been no one else. There's been no one in her in her team that's stealing yeah. both of them. They've been really good this year too. They have been the Suns. They, I think though, no, I'm, I'm gutted for her. I think she's out for finals. I think Rowbottom's done. An injury, yeah, so um, yeah, I'm gutted for her because that's a huge thing for the Suns to make the finals. Everyone's talking about the Swannies making it, and I think it's great that the Swans did, but I'm really impressed that Suns have been able to do it as well. So that'll be a bit of a juicy contest up on the on the Gold Coast this weekend as well. It's kind of a fifty fifty between the the Suns and the and the Swans. It'll be interesting. Mm, yeah, no, a few good finals this week, that's for sure. Um, mm. Also, side note, Ellie Blackburn, uh, I, I think she's a star as well. Oh, she yeah. re- really works hard and plays with a lot of heart, but mm. um, not getting much help from anyone else, really. <laughs> a very, very, a very, very good footballer. And yeah. deserves a bit better than uh, what she got. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what... I guess she hangs her hat on the fact that she's a premiership player with the Western Bulldogs back in there, I think. I think 2017 or 2018. And so her, her and Carney, are, not only are they premiership teammates, they're also played together in, at, you know, Melbourne Uni back in the day. But, yeah, you do have to wonder. I mean, apart from someone like Kirsty Lamb, I think the Western Bulldogs are in a real, real big rebuild here. Um, you know, they, they put all their eggs into their baskets of someone like, you know, Izzy Grant and Chess Fitzgerald and um, Gabby Newton, who are really good talent. It's just they haven't been able to kind of come along yet. So... You do, you feel for Blackburn because she just is a heart and soul kind of player at Western Bulldogs. But, yeah, you do wonder in terms of how, what her future and her, I guess, uh, capacity to grow as a leader under, you know, under the kind of the pups that she has. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she's amazing to watch. She's she is really, she's the type of player that I think that sells matches. Do you know what I mean? For, for Western Bulldogs yeah, members, you can you can really kind of sort of understand that when you have a player of that ilk and that capacity and that much passion that you go to the game and maybe you're not going to watch Western Bulldogs win, but you're going to watch Ellie Blackburn. So I guess that's a positive that you can take from the club on the weekend, hey? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they've regressed a long way too. They played finals last year, so... Yeah, lots of work with there, but uh, it's a North Melbourne podcast, I guess, so <laughs> I don't want to go too much into the Bulldogs. Um, Erica O'Shea, you mentioned her, going forward in the last quarter and kicking a goal. Uh, could that be an option, um, 
you know, break glass in the case of emergency in finals at, uh, because she has a lot of pace there, doesn't she? Yeah, she did a presser after the game and said that um, yeah, it was that. really nice, that press conference. I actually got teary myself as well. <laughs> I, was, mm. I was really stoked for her. Um, now, I it was interesting that she has the capacity to go forward and, and I think that's something when we play Melbourne is that, you know, finding fire with fire and, and making those half forwards more accountable, maybe going into the contest and, and throwing the magnets and, and kind of trying to look at different strategies and different ideas. So I don't hate it. I think she's she's definitely versatile enough. She's got the the run and the carry. I mean, in that instance, she was – she'd absolutely bolted and sprinted like it was a Melbourne Cup and landed herself in, in the goal square in the hands of Talia Randall. So a nice little pick up and crumb and goal. So um, it's definitely something to think about because I think playing Melbourne this week is you've got to throw some different things at the dartboard this week. You've got to try something different. Um, we know it hasn't worked in the future. And to take a leaf out of, you know, Brisbane's book, I think a real big strategy will be kind of trying to rattle Melbourne and try to get under their skin a bit. And I think you and I were texting about kind of Dakota Davidson and and really giving it back. And I think that will unleash the mental barrier. If North can go toe-to-toe and sort of give it back instead of being bullied and pushed around as they have been in the past, I think throwing the magnets up, making those more half-forwards more accountable, you know, making sure that if Jazz Garner is being tagged by Shelley Heath that – People are getting into it. Ash Riddell's finding ways to sort of bump her off and and really use the physicality of the team to push back against Melbourne. And I think Erica O'Shea, like you said, she looks tiny. She looks like there's not a, you know, you could get a cheese board and, and do her abs on her. But I reckon she's got a lot of strength in her. And so I think she's a, a real potent, um, versatile player that we can use coming into this week. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. It reminded me uh Wayne Carey Hamble and Brett Allison in the nineties um, this year going into yeah, a bit of a speedy sort of yeah. play just finishing off. So yeah, no. Nah, um and it's good to experiment when the game is over. Uh I yeah, did see Bradley pushing up the field a little more this week as well. Uh I think Amy Smith spent a bit more time and Ruby Tripodi as well in the midfield. Uh they were in around the stoppages as well. So I mean it's good to try these things, especially when the result was, you know, never in doubt pretty much a quarter time. Um I guess the talking point, again, is Emma King, Claire. I had uh, Ash Riddell on the other day, uh, like you said, and she said she's in a good place mentally and in good spirits around the club. She plays her role, but there was only one player on the ground that didn't take a mark, and that was her. Uh, that last free kick, again, looked like a you know, right at the end of the game uh, in the ruck. Uh, looked like a free kick where she was frustrated with her own performance. Yeah. Perhaps. But yeah. with me, me, King and Lulu, Puller coming back this week. I think Lulu Puller's back this week. Should she keep her spot? Because uh, competition with spots at, at this time of year is very hot. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? And again, I, I think Ash spoke so highly of Kingy and said, you know, her energy doesn't waver. Yeah. She's a she's a real benchmark. She's a, a you know in the leadership group of the team. So, you know, even if she isn't racking the disposals or, or doing the things that appear to be you know collecting champion data, she obviously brings a different, uh, I guess, facet or dimension to the game. So. Based on on that inside of what Ash has told us, I think that, you know, she keeps her spot. Personally, I don't know, you know, if I'm being a, a bit too, bit harsh, I, I'd, I'd drop her, especially considering that Melbourne burn with pace. Um, and so, yeah, I'd, I'd be putting Mia King back straight in. 
Um, and I'd be saying, you know, oh, maybe Rennie. Because Rennie plays 64% game time and I think Emma's up at 72. So Emma does cover a bit more. But I think it's worthwhile dropping at all against Melbourne. I think um, we've got a real opportunity there to do something different. Um, I don't know about Lulu Puller. I don't know whether who whose spot she'd kind of take. Do you think – Do you, like, in my head, direct in is Mia King. There's no question about that. She, she absolutely is in. But – do you think Lulu Paula goes in? And if so, whose spot is she taking? I think, yeah, Mia King will come in. I think she comes in for Tripodi, who was the late inclusion. Yeah. Um, some sort of spot. Uh, I think my, Lulu Paula might come in for Nima Martin. Uh, oh, that okay. Might, yeah, that, might, that might be the option. And I think Tess Craven probably pushes up the ground a little bit more this week. Okay. Yeah, so um, that's that's what I think happens. Um, yeah. I think they'll they'll keep Emma King for this week. They'll go in tall yeah. again. Uh, but if it doesn't work out and, you know, it's another tough loss like it was last time, then unfortunately they'll probably have to um, make a tough choice uh, in the second week of the yeah. finals. And that would hurt. And if Emma King isn't at her best, then it decreases our chances of playing in the grand final, clear. Well, and I think that, yeah, that's the biggest reality in the situation is that, you know, I've, I've been pretty um, open with my friends at North Supporters saying, if we win this week, I think we are in the box seat to win the flag. So that's why I sort of want the hard calls made this week and really throw everything that we possibly can. And look, it's really hard. Like I said, Ash, Ash obviously knows the club internally and knows how much Kingy brings to it. So I just thought, yeah, giving away that free kick was just, I, I don't know. I, it, it was really ill-disciplined and I, I don't know whether she, Emma King does that against a highly, you know, pressured team like a Melbourne. Like I think she was just a bit, um, maybe she went into the game with high expectations and, and maybe, like you said, with form, it's, it's hard. It's hard to flirt with. So the more you're in a slump, the more that you put higher expectations on yourself and so that, you know, she's maybe put herself in a situation where she's just getting frustrated because she, she knows she's not getting bang for buck out of out of herself. I don't know. There's a It's a whole thing, I guess. But, um, look, I, I hope. I hope she has a good game. I think you're right. I think she gets selected. I think maybe, yeah, a Tripodi and maybe a, a Martin come out and um and potentially, yeah, a Lulu Puller and a uh, Mia King slot straight back in. But, yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting. I think my one of my biggest things that I'd like to see um, against Melbourne, apart from the physicality that I'd like them to bring, is I'd love to see someone clamp down on Tyler Hanks. I think yeah. if, if you can stop Tyler Hanks, you can actually stop Melbourne. So the same kind of um, tag, hard tag that they put Shelley Heath on, on Ghana, I'd like to see someone go with Tyler Hanks all game. And I think we rotate like a Mia King and a Jenna Bruton between her and just keep on going at her because I think she plays that key role. Her, Eliza West um, and Paxi when she plays, I think, but if you can knock down Tyler and you can put a massive clamp on her, I think you go a long way in, in beating Melbourne. How do you think, well, again, you're hosting the podcast, but um, yeah. I guess my question to you is how, how do we beat Melbourne this time? Yeah, I, I was going to actually ask you that. Do we, yeah, I mean, we'll probably put Mia King on a Tyler Hanks, who really got on top of us because I think they'll put a tag on uh, Jazz Garner. It seemed to work pretty well last game. And then... 
Yeah, if you can nullify Hanks, which nullifies Garner a little bit, maybe Garner pushes forward a little bit more this week. Oh, yeah. Yep, um, I can say possibly. that. Uh, if if it's if it's not working in the midfield for her and she's getting not not getting the clearances, um, because yeah, we've got options. You know, we, yeah, we do have thing. We got Jenna Bruton. Yeah, uh, Ash Riddell, obviously. So yeah, I mean they're not going to tag Ash as well. So no. yeah, I mean, there are there are options. I mean their forward line is quite big now, isn't it? Uh, especially yeah. with Harris back now too. Yeah, there's there's a bit going on there, but I think. Like like watching Brisbane, you can clamp down on it and you can suffocate them at the um at the, your half forward and make sure that they can't kind of retrieve and do the run and carry game because they are tall and you got Zane Carroll, Lisa Bannon, and, and Taylor Harris. But again, if you're paying a bit of rent for the talls and they're not getting the ball, then that can be costly. So I think you know Harris did some good things and took some good contested marks on on the wing and things like that, but it's about starving Melbourne at the contest and just I think the thing that I so admired about Brisbane was their relentless pressure at the stoppage, at the sources, at the clearances. They were just tackling machines. They did not let a loose ball get out and they did not let Melbourne have any space or room to get their running carry game on which I thought, you know, if you're Darren Crock and you're sitting there, that that's how you do it. <laughs> you suppress, you suppress, you do not give an inch of time and space um, and really kind of, yeah, starve them of any, I guess, capacity to move the ball easily through um, a stoppage or a clearance. So, yeah, and I, I think the kingpin to that is, is Tyler Hanks. Um, and I think, you know, the outside sort of work, Eliza West gets her hands dirty and goes in there, but I think... Um, no one does more damage than Tyler Hanks. So I think it's key to, to make sure that we clamped on her because I back our, I back our back line in with Jazz Ferguson and Sarah Wright. I think they do a terrific job and I've no doubt that, you know, unless they're on the receiving end of some really quick ball transitions. And I think maybe Erica O'Shea goes to Kate Hall. I think that seems like a who, – who would you put on Kate Hall? Um, yeah, that's probably the most logical matchup, either her or Bresnahan. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, look, I, I think Eric O'Shea goes to her. Yeah, yeah. to be honest, with you. that's that's probably a good matchup. Yeah. She seems to get the tough tasks each week and yeah. you know, handles it with a plumb. Yeah, she yeah she seems to get the best small to medium forward each week, and yeah, she she's a very good uh, lockdown defender and a really important uh, part of our structure going forward. Just yeah, I mean, I thought um, look, I really like the way. Davidson plays for the Lions because um, yeah. these were frustrated yeah. and, they, and tried to physically impose themselves and get on top. And they got on top in that second quarter. But Davidson, even though she dropped some marks, really got in their face mentally and physical and they crumbled in that yeah. back half. Yeah. I think it's a good lesson to take uh, Claire to take away. I think um, Randall could play that role. She's big, imposing and scary when she's going full ball. So we have to fight fire with fire when the heat is on. The last game was when was when the pressure was on, we buckled a little bit. And full credit to Melbourne, after quarter time, they had worked and outplayed us physically and mentally. So, yeah, but uh, I think there's a few lessons there. And, yeah, I mean, Davidson made a girl cry. So I can't remember the girl that's, um, yeah, she she hit yeah, the shoulder. Yeah, Maeve yeah. Chaplin. Yeah, I remember watching yeah. it and she went down and it wasn't good. But it was sort of the white line fever. You're right. And I think if you, you, you keep your dead set there, I think Randall is – your antagonist. She can crash packs. She can, she can walk. She can do the talk and the walk because she's a pretty phenomenal player. So, she's got that intimidating factor. And I think, you know, if I'm Randall and I'm going up to Libby Birch at the start of the game, I'll shake hands. But 
as soon as that ball goes up, like you're gone, like you're done, like you're, I'm going to absolutely, yeah, get into your, like your head, your space the entire time and I'm not going to give you an inch. And I think it'd be good to see sort of Sheila back that up as well. She's a big, tall girl and I think really putting the pressure on. I think last time it was really frustrating to watch because our tours were completely, I guess, made redundant in the game, especially in the in the last three quarters or to half time, I guess. And so in order to get themselves back into the game and apply that pressure, it's about like getting high up the ground to provide, you know, tour opportunities and then really putting some physical pressure on the forwards and contested marks and grabs. And, and if you're not, um, you know, taking the mark, you're crashing packs. That's the thing that I think I really admire about Randall's game is that She's three-dimensional in the sense that, yeah, if she doesn't get to the marking contest and she's not the first in line, you better watch out because she's going to run through you. <laughs> and I think that that's that's really intimidating and really imposing. And I think, yeah, that's something that I think North can definitely bring. And they, they do have to bring something different this time. You know, we do have, a, unfortunately, a poor record against Melbourne. And I think if I'm Crocker, I'm sort of saying, look, our, our processes, our systems, they're good. They're already there. We know that they're good. We, we've trusted them and they've held well for us the entire season. But what we now need to bring is a bit of a fighting spirit. And they've been in our heads for too long now and they don't deserve to be there. And we deserve to win this game. And I think that's sort of the mentality that they've got to go with. So yeah, nervous. I'm already nervous. It's only Monday. I've got to wait basically, what, six days until, you know, six days. I reckon the, the lead up to a final is like the longest the longest yeah. time in the world, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You think about it during the week when you're at work and so forth. So, mm. yeah, yeah. All, all these scenarios go in your head. But, uh, yeah, look, it's it's a good situation to be in, that's for sure. Um, and we have to play a little bit different uh, this week, uh, don't we? You sort of mentioned that. We use the width of the ground a little bit more. And if we are playing tall, then, go, then sometimes going long down the line a little more and maybe force some stoppages and we play a little slower, clear, and maybe frustrate the Ds and not get the game on their terms. It's yeah, certainly been working for the Lions uh, Saturday night. I mean, their, their forward half game was outstanding. And, you know, 42 inside 50s to 24. Um, yeah, and I'm not too sure what uh, the tackle count was, but, um, yeah, inside their 50. But it was, it was I think it was quite high. So, yeah, no, um, yeah, if we certainly want to play that uh, forward half game against um, the Ds. Don't we? Look at that, 27 inside 50 tackles. The mm. Brisbane Lions had, so they certainly had the game on their terms. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. That, that's what we have to do is try and force that forward half, don't we? And not uh, let uh, the D's sort of play the game how they want to play it, like they did last time. Yeah, it's definitely taking away the chip, run and carry kind of transition thing. It's kind of, I know Courtney Hodder and Spark and, and Ali Anderson and Allinger and a whole bunch of Brisbane players were just constantly kind of like mosquitoes buzzing around them, not letting get easy kicks, easy marks, not allowing them any space or time and really just ramping up the pressure. And I think that's something that, you know, you, you think about an Aliso Lachlan and I don't care if she doesn't kick a goal on the weekend, but if her pressure is up and she's got five-plus tackles and, you know, that ball and we have repeat entries going into the 50, then she's done her job. So I think it's about taking your um, forward unit and saying, okay, what is your role on the weekend? Because, you know, Randall, Sheila, obviously the contested mark, crashing packs, you know, Bella Eddie, we want you for this. And maybe, um, I don't know, if Tripodi gets picked or... The small forwards, these are your specific roles. And I think for someone like Elisa Lachlan, who's got a bit of pace, got a bit of grunt about her, 
I think she just has to be play like a Courtney Hodder role and just be relentless in attacking and, and do not give them an inch. And, you know, I, I don't want to advocate for violence, but tackle hard and, and make them hurt. When you, when you push them into the ground, I want them to get up and feel the pain of that tackle. So I think it's it's making sure that our small forwards uh, are applying a lot of pressure and, and that is also reinforced by our midfield as well and, and making sure that we have repeat repeat kind of stoppages and efforts in that forward half and not giving them, yeah, like I said, any sort of time or space um, transitioning the ball forward. That's, the, I think, the key. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I mean, I think Brisbane just quietly, I think they'll knock off the Crows this week. They look super impressive. Probably the best best team performance I've seen all year. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched every AFLW game, but I thought they were outstanding. Uh, yeah. Some of their goals were just, yeah, coast to coast. And they've got players back. They had the uh, Svark sisters um, miss last week against the Saints, and that really showed. Yeah. Uh, getting them back, I mean, I, I think they're a bit of a dark horse. Um, yeah. To, to they're, a, they're an odd team. Like, it seems no, they like are very odd. Yeah, when their back's against the wall, they play really well. Like, it's it's almost like they like the extra pressure to add on to themselves. Um, but I thought, yeah, they were quite silky. Like, Conway sinking that kick from about 40 out was was really impressive. And, um, yeah, they're, they're very good. They they will give the, the Crows a run for their money, especially the thing that's kind of a bit – I just saw that two of their players have been charged and, and will sit out. So – that always adds a different dimension when I think, you know, you've got players missing via suspension. So, um, and like I said, I, I do think the Crows are a pretty, pretty hard outfit. They've gone, they've gone to, you know, West Coast and had a fairly soft um, kind of game against, uh, against West Coast. So it'll be interesting to see what's better coming off, you know, a hard, relentless kind of win where you got the confidence back up and the form's going or coming off the, a bit of a soft win against a, you know, pretty mediocre side and, and how that works for form too. But, yeah, I think playing in Adelaide is always a little harder. But, um, look, if anyone can do it, it's the Lions. They're, um, they're probably owed a premiership from last season. I think, you know, they, they skittled themselves last season. They, they didn't move out of Brisbane for a month and then they had the home grand final at their own training track and, and kind of bottled it. So perhaps they, you know, come out with a vengeance and and uh, play really well on the weekend. I don't know. There's there's a lot. To, it's going to be a really – I guess my question to you, Dean, is how did you – because I was a bit frustrated, to be honest. How did you um, see the final fixture? Uh, uh, the North Melbourne game in particular? Oh, I mean, all of it. But, yeah, then the North Melbourne game. Uh, from a selfish point of view, that's the only time I've got off this week. So oh, it's great. pretty much okay. So it's pretty much the only time I could go to the game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I was a bit surprised it wasn't on a Saturday uh, afternoon, oh, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because both teams played Saturday, so I yeah. Was, I was, yeah, I was a bit surprised by that. Um. So yeah, no, look, um, works out well for me on a personal level. But yeah, uh, yeah look, I mean, I don't think any team gets a too much of an advantage as far as days off go or anything like that because, I'm, I, look, I was surprised it wasn't a Friday night game. Yeah, so was I. But, yeah, that's that, that's a bit of a strange one. Unless there's a cricket World Cup cricket game or oh, something maybe. Friday night, or, I'm not too sure. Um, there, there's obviously a reason because they, they play Friday night games. So, that's yeah, it. I thought they might have done one, uh, one Friday night, uh, two Saturdays and one on Sunday. Um, that's what I thought they would have done. But, yeah. yeah. Each, I, thought, each 
I thought they would have put Crows versus because I, I still do think that Crows versus Brisbane are fairly decent rivalry in a you know mm-hmm. still a quite a new league, but that's a decent rivalry. I thought if you're gonna put a quality game on to sell it, uh, Friday night time slot would have been great. And then um yeah, chuck the other final that will link up. So, you know, you chuck that on a Saturday Arvo and then chuck North and um North and Melbourne on Saturday night. And then yeah. play the, I think maybe the either the Geelong and the or the um, Bombers oh. game or yeah, because that's the one that whoever loses from hopefully Melbourne, <laughs> when Melbourne loses to North Melbourne on the weekend, they'll um they'll play off against what Geelong or Essendon. That's another yeah. even dimension that Essendon are playing finals, and I mean I know it's their women's team, but they could break their seven thousand day curse. So a bit of pressure on Geelong this week, I reckon. That's going to be very interesting. But, um, yeah, I just thought that the AFL fixture just, again, was pretty telling on how poorly managed this competition is and, and how the community kind of works in spite of it. But, um, look, if it works for you, if the 3 o'clock time period works for you, then maybe <laughs> things have manifested and maybe, you know, a higher power sort of said, Dean, we need you at the game. We needed you to be the, the 17th man on the on the field <laughs> sharing your little guts out. So, um. Yeah, look, great news for you, but um, yeah, interesting, interesting sort of fixture, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I was expecting a Saturday night at Casey Fields. To be honest with you, I, oh, God, I don't know what the reason worst. was. I don't know what the reason was why they didn't put that game there. I mean, they put us at Punt Road last year, so mm. I'm not too sure why um, they didn't put the Melbourne game at Casey Fields. I mean, and fair enough, they, they earned the right. They finished second, so they should get that yeah. home final. Look, but I'm glad it's not. Oh, but I think I think if they do put it at Casey Fields, I think they risk they have to be risk um, not catching um, enough of its audience because I I can tell you right now I'm not going to Casey Fields. I'm a passionate and all supporter, passionate member, but I'm I'm not driving to Cranbourne to watch the watch footy in the worst possible ground in the world. So I think there was a bit of a bit of a realisation that in order to capture a strong audience and, and get a bit of a crowd, I think Icon is the best option. If I was a Melbourne supporter uh, putting that hat on, yeah, I'd be pretty cranky considering, yeah, you do finish second and, and you basically have no advantage whatsoever at Icon. Um, but, yeah, look, not going to complain. <laughs> pretty pretty happy from our point of view. And, look, last year, or not, I was going to say last year, last season, uh, rather, you know, we got Punt Road and we play, had to play, I think, was it Richmond who ended up going out yeah. in straight sets? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think, yeah, neutral ground, neutral territory, um, beautiful ground as well, as in like the – I've been told by players it's one of the best grounds to actually play on. Um given it's in pretty good nick. Um, so, yeah, exciting stuff. Very weird time slot. But, look, great that it's worked out for you. Very happy for you. No, thanks, Claire. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I think even if we finished second, we would have, it would have still been the same everything, like Icon mm-hmm. Park, 305. I, yeah. I don't think we would have got Arden Street. No, um, we probably couldn't have got Arden Street, could we? Yeah, just yeah, with the capacity. So, yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting, like, hopefully we win. If Melbourne play, let's say, I don't know, uh, Geelong, where they play that game next mm. week or even Essendon. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. Well, yeah, so it, it's an interesting fixture this year. Uh, what do you think, Claire? Can we beat them this week? Yeah, we can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can. Confident or? Um, or 
never confident against the D's, but it helps um, that I've just watched their little promo video. North Wellman put together a nice little montage of the season and, you know, it's got Jazzy Garner's goal when she pings it outside from 50 against Geelong to get us back and it's got a couple of ripping tackles from Talia Randall and I think, um, you know, Melbourne are a bit rattled. They're um, they're on the back foot a bit. They've, they've copped a fairly big loss. Uh, they're a bit vulnerable and I think they're right for the taking and I think... We're cherry ripe in terms of getting Brej back, having the depth to play with in terms of um, a fresh list full of, you know, we, we've got the benefit of having continuity within the team. Like we've got a lot of players that have played together throughout the whole season now. We've got the least amount of players that we've used. So there's a bit of consistency of the game plan, the strategies. Um, and look, uh, I'm not... I'm not big into Jesus or God or religion or anything, but I, I do think, Dean, this has all been leading to something. Like maybe the heartbreak of, of consistency, you know, these losses against top three teams and, and that loss against Adelaide, maybe it all means something because this is the one that we were supposed to win, you know. And, and I think, like I said, I stand by what I say. I, I think if we are able to, to win this game against Melbourne, it would like absolutely relieve the biggest mental damn wall in the world. And I think we could go on and, and genuinely be the favourites to win a flag. So I'm yes. Um, I'm yes by about 16 points. I don't think we're going to smash them, but I think it, it's going to be enough. And I think it's going to be a pretty, uh, if not the most famous win of our club in our short history of AHLW, it's definitely going to be up there. Um, so a lot of pressure <laughs> that I've put not only on, on the team but on myself, I think. But, um, yeah, how are you feeling about it all? Yeah, I'll always back us in as long as we have Jasmine Garner in our team. Uh, I don't care if we were playing the Collingwood bench team. Uh, I'd back those girls in because of her. Uh, I think we'll scrape in by about two points, Claire. Oh, I think it'll yeah. be a pretty close contest. Oh, God, but, don't uh, say that. I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, I'm not – yeah, my – my heart uh, monitor probably say uh, uh, the heart uh, monitor on me on my watch. I'll uh, probably say uh, 180 beats per minute. So oh. yeah, um, but yeah, I think we'll get a bit of luck this 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 time. Whereas against the Crows, we didn't have any luck. So yeah, I think we'll scrape in by two points yeah, and right. break the hoodoo against uh, these. Uh, yeah, top four teams. Big yeah. and I'll tell you what, to... we're going to have to check Icon for a defib if that's your prediction. I might have to just Google it after I get off the phone from you. Um, but yeah, look, would, that would be huge. It would be huge. You're right with Jasmine Garner, though. As long as you've got a Redalen Garner on your team, you've always got a chance. Um, but yeah, it'd be pretty huge. It'd be a pretty huge kind of um, momentum shift for the club. And I think it would just build really nicely into the narrative of winning a flag. I think you finally shake off literally the demons. That's, that's probably what it is. You finally shake off the demons and go on and, and win your first flag would be, I don't know, pretty. I'd be pretty stoked with that. It'd be a pretty good ending, wouldn't it, Dean? I'd be, be pretty happy with to end up um, on this podcast dissecting us winning a, a premiership. I could I could spend about five hours doing that. So um, no. yeah. yeah, look Be fingers, prepared. Yeah, exactly. Fingers and toes crossed. And um you're right. I think it's it's just about sticking to the internal processes and knowing that we've got the right people in the right places to to get us the win on the weekend and, and the belief's got to be there and I, I think it is. I think Carney's gonna run out like it's a brick wall and I think we'll be led by her kind of ferocity, her passion, her her relentlessness and I think, yeah, shutting down Tyler, 
not giving them space, not giving them time to move and just constant and unrelenting kind of half-forward pressure to kind of get as much scoring opportunities as possible is is how you beat the Ds. Mm, yeah. yeah, sounds good. Uh, well, Claire and any other member, tickets are on sale now, 3 yeah. or 5 p.m. Sunday at Icon Park. Get behind the girls because they could use that 17th uh, player with some noise and make it a home away from home game. Let's do this, Claire. Absolutely, can't wait, Dean. I'm um, I'm already nervous. I've already nearly probably got a, a clock on my on my phone just with the countdown. But um, yeah, look, I'll be looking at all the um the vision of North Melbourne throughout the week and, and making sure that you stay in tow with the club. But it, it's it's very exciting, you know. It's it's an exciting time to always play finals. So you know, it'll be amazing if we win. But even still, it's it's a really really um great time to to be a North Melbourne supporter. So if you haven't signed up to be a member yet, just Jump on, jump on the bandwagon, you know, and, and enjoy the ride. Well, I think I've already got my twenty twenty four membership. I think they've already deducted that out. So yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. I got, I got the. Uh, I checked my bank statement the other day. I was like, okay, bang, see you later. <laughs> Fair yeah, yeah, enough. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Fair enough. Eric Rocher, take my money. Take as much as you want. Send it all the way yeah, back that... to Ireland. Um, yeah, I've um, I've got uh, I bid on uh, Sarah Wright's jersey. I got that a couple of weeks ago. Oh, nice! Uh, yeah, so, and now I've bid on Bella Eddie's uh, for the Pride Round one. Uh, oh. Someone's bidding up, bidding her up though. So, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. I am um, one of my favourite Pride Guernseys is the one I bought a couple of years ago. As soon as I saw Dario Bannister in one, I was like, I got to have it. But it's the one. It's the bounding rue, and then underneath <laughs> the bars, they're all um the Pride colours. So that was unreal. I bought that, but I, I need to get it signed actually. But um, yeah, look, the Pride Round jersey was good this year. It was wasn't bad. I, I'm a big fan of the Bounding Kangaroo. I think it's it's easily the best, apart from the stripes, which is obviously iconic to North Melbourne. I think the Bounding Kangaroo is just it's symbolic of of us, and it's probably the best Guernsey alternate Guernsey that we have. I reckon. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, no, and yeah, I, I really like um, yeah, the the Guern- the Pride Grand Guernsey this year as well. I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was Caitlin Ashmore got uh, her Guernsey went up to about a thousand dollars or something oh, like that. Oh wow, so, good yeah, on Yeah, no, yeah, but wow. um, yeah, nice. that's uh, that's a yeah another topic. Um, anyway, Claire, did you want to have anything else before I let you go? No, I just can't wait. I'll I'll be a nervous wreck until about three o five on Sunday. So. I'll just be posting on Twitter random photos of uh, the North Gales and and uh, when, when actually do you know when the AFL best and fairest is? Is it before? It'll be in the next coming weeks, won't it? Surely. Is it, is it the same as um, the men's? Like the men's, like uh, the grand final? Yeah, week? maybe actually. I'll just, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll I'll sure. just I'm kind of I'm sweating on us winning this final, but I'm also sweating on Jasmine Garner winning the AFLW award. So. I'm just there's a lot of sweating. There's a lot of deodorant around at the moment because I'm just I'm perspiring like you wouldn't believe. Um, but yeah, look, I'm yeah, very very exciting time to be in the club and and I can't wait to to have a beer and and and, and celebrate the win on on Sunday with you, Dan. Should be good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll, yeah, I'll probably have a few if uh, if that happens. So absolutely, me too. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good, Claire. Well, right. you enjoy the rest of your evening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, exciting time for the club. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm sure I'll chat to you, maybe if not Sunday, uh, next week at some point. Yeah, we'll be dissecting the win. We're manifesting. Dissecting the win. <laughs> so thank you very much to Claire Cozzi for coming on the show once again. And thank you very much to all you lovely listeners for all the likes, retweets, and comments you all put out for the show. It's much appreciated. If you can leave a rating review on your favorite podcast platform use as well, that would be awesome. I should be back later in the week. Um, I'll 
planning on getting another AFLW player on Thursday evening. Um, trying to work something out there. So look out for that show. That'll be good uh, just before finals. Uh, it's a very exciting time for the football club uh, to play finals. Uh, it's been a long time since the men's uh, played finals. So definitely get behind the girls now. Uh, it's not too late Not too late to hop on a bandwagon. I don't care. Just get behind them. Um, yeah, they, they definitely need your support. And, uh, you know, speaking to a few of them uh, throughout the course of the year and, you know, even uh, last year a, a little bit uh, and getting to know them, um, yeah, you, you sort of, uh, yeah, you can't help but wish um, they do get that elusive premiership, um, especially for players like uh, Jasmine Garner and Ash Riddell and everyone, really. Uh, they're all lovely girls. So, yeah, no, it'll be fantastic if uh, we can uh, get over the Ds this week and get into a prelim. So, We'll see how we go anyway. Uh, like I said, I'll uh, be back later in the week. Look out for that. And today, I will leave a shout-out to Erica O'Shea on kicking her first goal on, on the weekend in her AFLW career. Bye for now, and go Roos.